the last time you attended a slumber party with your girlfriends and discussed issues on your heart? Your host is Gina Glenn, who welcomes you to tonight's Mommy Jammies Night. This is a time for you and our special guest and friends from around the world to join in live. Put on a comfortable pair of jammies, pull up a chair, settle in with your favorite refreshment, and prepare to be blessed as Gina welcomes tonight's guest. And now, here's Gina Glenn. Hi, everyone. Welcome. My name is Gina Glenn, and I'm your host for tonight's Mommy Jammies Night. If you're listening to the replay of tonight's show, you can find the show notes at mommyjammiesnight.com. We want to thank tonight's sponsor, elephantlearning.com. If you're listening on iTunes, we love and appreciate your five-star reviews. And if you have any questions um, throughout the show or at the, at, towards the end, you can just pop those in the comment box on the mommyjammiesnight.com page, and we'll um, get those to Felice. So, well, tonight's special guest usually sits in the hostess seat. So she's given up her seat to me tonight, and you, so you probably already know who she is, but she's a serialpreneur and um, I never really understood the meaning of that word until I knew her. <laughs> she is owner of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, um, among others, where she also podcasts her show, Vintage Homeschool Moms. So welcome, Felice Gerwitz. Oh, thank you so much, Gina. You're Trying welcome. not to laugh here. <laughs> I know. You're a real entrepreneur, right? Oh, I gosh, know. yeah, one more good idea. Well, you have that good idea, Jean, too, so the two of us together can be very dangerous. So It could be trouble. You know, I had a question for you. I didn't want to ask a question about your topic and preempt it because I think in answering it, um, it might give too much away. So my question before you get started tonight really is unrelated, but I was okay. just kind of curious how you came up with the idea for Mommy Jammies Night, because I really love it. I wish I'd known about it when, or it had been around or when my kids were little because I didn't have an, any kind of outlet like this. So how'd you get the idea? A great question. Um, I ended up um, having a friend, uh, a real-life friend who I met at conferences, and that was Cindy Rushton, and she began the Ultimate um, Homeschool Expo, which I ended up um, taking over from her uh, when she was uh, – changing uh, some of the things in her life when she was done homeschooling. And so um, part of that um, was an event that she hosted. And and basically when she did an expo, which was once a year, she would host these mommy jammy nights. And I think she did them once or twice a year, and it was really fun. And everyone got their jammies on, um, which I have on right now. So that's kind of like one of our unwritten rules for mommy jammies night is just to mm-hmm. get comfortable and in PJs. And I loved it because I didn't go out a lot um, with friends. I don't think as a young homeschool mom, if there's any time that you can grab away, you're going to try to get out with your, you know, with your husband um, or, you know, grab one of the kids or, or something. So I felt like this was my fellowship. And then, um, you know, some of the people that are on tonight and that have been regulars um, with me started out with Cindy. You know, and there's a, a few people in in the chat room now, and you know who you are, so you can share um, with everybody in the chat room. I'm not looking over there, so I saw a couple um, of people that were there when I was um, on a little bit earlier, and and it was just a great thing. Like we got to know mm-hmm. each other. You know, some of us were it became prayer partners. If something was up, you know, they could 
messaged me on Facebook. And so it just grew from there. And, um, you know, I'm going to still be around and as much as I can participate um, in future Mommy Jammies. But I'm the one who started doing it every month because I found that there was such a need um, for moms. And and then when I had the podcast network, I brought it on over here as a podcast. So um, it's a once a month, and it's usually the second Tuesday um, evening of the month, and we have different guests. And Gina has done a great job on the mommyjammiesnight.com page with all of the upcoming guests um, and dates. So be sure to mark your calendar uh, for those times. And then what's always great is you can listen later now, which you couldn't do before. Yeah. Great. Well, it, Mommy Jimmy Night's a blessing. I'm sure the um, regulars can attest to that, and I've just been blessed with it. So I'm looking forward to the new one tonight, and um, if you're ready, we can get started. Yeah, I am. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Well, everyone, I'm so happy to um, be here tonight. I want to thank uh, Gina for stepping up and uh, taking um, – over with Mommy Jammies Night, and I know she's going to do a wonderful job. She's got some great ideas for it, and uh, I'm really happy to have her. It's, it's when you have something that you really feel um, passionate about, it's kind of hard to to hand it off. And when I was praying about it, um, you know, Gina came to mind, and and so I'm excited about that. And I also want to thank our sponsor, Elephant Learning. Um, they have a special code right now. I don't know how long it will be available, but it's elephantlearning.com forward slash media angels. And that is um, where you'll be able to uh, find out more. It's an early learning math program, and my grandkids are using it now and loving it. So uh, something for you guys. And we have to thank all our sponsors on the network because they keep us going. Well, today I want to talk to you about real and authentic womanhood, and it seems like a really odd topic to talk to a group of women about being women. It's like, wait, I can look in the mirror, I know who I am. Why are you discussing womanhood when I already know I'm a woman, right? But do we really understand what authentic womanhood is and how it is a gift from God, something that no one can take away from us because we've been entrusted with this very special gift, and that is gifts, plural, in the sense that only this is only given to women. And we're going to explore authentic womanhood as well as the role of a woman, and I believe what I have to say is not something you're going to hear in the mainstream media. You know, as I share this information with you, I am truly fearful, and, you know, fear is not from the Lord, and I usually, you know, um, you know, say that to my kids or to friends, and, you know, I'll just say rebuke that. That's not from God. But it's when I think about not necessarily you guys who are listening, because this is like preaching to the choir, right? You know, um, many of us are friends. We see each other's lives, you know, uh, across Facebook, and, um, you know, we kind of know each other. But I'm I'm concerned, maybe that's a better word, um, for our children and our grandchildren, because there is such a confusion out there um, about gender, you know. And so, when we when I look at what's out there, we just get our our identities seem to be formed by the media in sound bites of misinformation. Our kids are learning about their identity, hopefully as homeschool parents from us. But my kids were involved in sports, and they hear things that are going on, and they're 
the people who are loudly protesting about all these different things are the ones who are getting hurt the most right now. I mean, we have boycotted stores because of, you know, their rule about, you know, gender uh, neutral restrooms or you can use a restroom that you think you're most associated with. And I started thinking, it's like, gosh, what is going on? And in the information overload in this world in which we live, we're being told how to act, what to think, and if we gasp, disagree with the status quo, we're maligned, marginalized, and called all kinds of hateful names. And it's usually something with the suffix of phobe added to it, right? So as I explore, um, explore this topic tonight, I want you to think about the following questions. And the first is, can you truly be feminine without being a feminist? And do you have to be a victim or a revolutionary? And just keep those things in mind because it's uh, kind of two of the things I wanted I wanted to hit on and not directly but just through what I have to share tonight. You know, none of us are going to disagree that we're happy we have the right to vote, right? Women's emancipation began um, with the fem- – it actually began the feminist movement. And, and I don't, you know, think any of us would be upset with that. You know, we're happy we have the right to vote. Um, there's a book written called The Feminine Mystique by Betty Friedan in 1963, and she was a feminist leader – and the founder of an organization I'm sure all of you have heard, which is NOW, the National Organization of Women. And she's authored a ton of books. And it was amazing because I I was looking at some of the things that she wrote, and she wanted mothers, and these are some of the quotes, she wanted mothers, indeed all people, to lean into life's work and not fear inevitable difficulties that arise when trying to have it all and juggle work and family. And other than the have it all, you know, because I don't think we, we can possibly have it all, um, there's nothing really wrong with that. I mean, she was encouraging women who might want to work outside of the house, and while, you know, I gave up a career to come into the home, you know, there are some people that work and, and might be a necessity or, you know, whatever, and that's not what this talk's not about pointing fingers and saying you have to do it this way. But she spoke about overcoming obstacles uh, to a woman's success outside the home. And see, this was the beginning of you cannot be happy in the home. You know, you have to go have a job. You have to have a career to feel fulfilled. So she encouraged women to be problem solvers and serve leftovers, you know, and today we'd say, well, forget the leftovers, you know, forget cooking, buy takeout, or how about have your food delivered? Or what about those cool boxes of food you can order delivered right to your doorstep with gourmet food and recipes that the entire family can cook together? You know, when you think about, here's this lady saying, hey, ladies, if you want, you know, to do all stuff and still have a meal on the table, serve leftovers. But look at where we've gone. We've gotten from leftovers to the convenience of you never have to cook a day in your life if you don't really want to, right? So just because your husband might cook or you share in the cleaning of your home, that's not a definition of womanhood. That's perfectly fine. Whatever you, you know, do in your home, if your kids help, if you, you know, I have have some friends that don't cook at all. Their husbands cook for them. That's not what womanhood is. You know, according to a feminist woman, there is no place in the home. And, And, you know, many who have decided to stay home and, 
have children and celebrities, you know, they're all told, well, it's just temporary. You know, I'm doing this. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm even surprised that so many celebrities now decide to take, you know, a block of time off to be with their kids because they're realizing that all of that fame and fortune is not what true happiness is. And women are supposed to be unhappy with being at home. Um, they're supposed to be bored and unfulfilled. You know, they need to get to a job in order to consider to be a success. And, you know, I know this firsthand because when I was in college learning to become, um, you know, I started out as a psych major and then changed to education, you know, my female professors were sharing how happy they were in their professions. And, yeah, my parents were saying, you know, are you sure you want to go to college? And I remember having a discussion with my dad, more like an argument, where I was highly offended that my father wanted me to skip college and just find a husband. I thought, that is horrible, Dad. Do you realize, you know, what year this is? You know, like late 70s, you know. And it's like eons ago now. And I'm, you know, complaining, you know, to him. And not that I um, ever begrudge my education. I'm very happy, you know, that I had an opportunity to go to college. And some of my kids are going to college and some are not. But, you know, it's not the education itself that's at issue for me. For me, it's the mindset by so much of what upper and higher education is teaching. So what did I ultimately do? I received a college degree, worked in the system for several years, realized the system had uh, that I had such high hopes for and aspirations to change. You know, my goal was to become a principal someday, probably no surprise to you guys listening. And then I realized the system was broken. And when I had children later on, that needed special help, I learned this flaw system was more interested in getting federal do- dollars than helping me with my children. And I believe that there are many things that happen in our lives and shape who we are. I mean, if I had, um, you know, maybe typical children or had not realized how broken the system was as a teacher, um, you know, I wouldn't be here tonight. But things happen, right? And real womanhood is not and should not be shaped by our culture, what other people tell us, because it is ordained by God. And even as I'm talking tonight, I ask that you set some time aside to go into prayer with the Lord. And, of course, I'm assuming that you're Christians, because 99.9% of our audience probably is. But even if you're not, you know, just take some time and think about what does authentic womanhood mean to you? You know, this past weekend I was um, attending a conference more to support a friend, and the speaker walks on stage and says, well, the program is wrong, and the talk I'm going to do today is on real womanhood. So, of course, I start laughing because I'm doing this talk. You know, here we are, you know, a week later and going, okay, thank you, Lord. And um, and so she had walked on stage, and she said that the Lord had wanted her to do this talk. So I'm just sitting there smiling and leaned over and whispered, um, to one of my friends, I can't believe God, you know, God is, is so awesome. And um, this was a Catholic conference that I um, had attended previously. I think last year was the first year, and they've done it every year for, like, forever. And um, and this speaker did a fabulous job. In fact, I meant to put a link to her information, and I forgot to, so um, I'll, I'll have to remember to do that. And it's it will be in the show notes on um, mommyjammiesnight.com 
But she talked about the feminine genius, and that's something uh, that John Paul II discussed, and he spoke about it as a gift, a supernatural gift from God, and it's that feminine intuition. It's, you know, it permeates who we are. It's the way, you know, when we have children that we just know how to hold the babies or we're, you know, we, we sleep really well. Like I could sleep and my husband and I, I call it the gift of sleep. Like we both fall asleep pretty quickly unless I'm worried about something or he is, you know, we both pretty much go to sleep quickly. But if that baby went eh, at the other side of the house, I could hear it and he didn't. You know, what is that? Why is it that moms, you know, have this like built-in radar that God gave us and we know when that baby is across the house making the tiniest of noises, right? And our husbands could sleep through it all. So it's just like that's just one tiny little thing that just I'm going to talk a little bit more about it later. But, you know, one of the things that that stood out in her talk was when she took us through memory lane and the characterization of women through the ages. And she began in the 50s and she was just really funny and showed a picture of these women that were in college and is like, you know, look at them back in the 50s, you know, and they're college girls and, you know, they had the little sweaters and skirts and, and she was going and look, and their, their whole focus was on an MRS degree. And she goes, oh, look, I think that one even was pinned already. And that was, it was the focus, even if they went to college, their whole goal in life was not necessarily to work, um, you know, and even though there were some career people, um, but their goal was mostly uh, to to get married and stay home and have kids. And then the 60s and 70s with the sexual revolution, and she took us through that, and then um, this, the the turn of, you know, the century, I guess she went to 80s and 90s. But even through all those times, she pointed out that while women were adapting to the new normal of what was expected to them, of them in that era, you know, the 50s still focused on marriage and children. The 60s and 70s, thanks to birth control and widespread, you know, uninhibited un- um, sex, yet even then marriage was considered important. And then in the 80s and 90s, you know, it was all about the working women, and she talked about shoulder pads. I thought this was hysterical. She goes, I don't know if any of you remember shoulder pads and jackets, but I definitely do. And she goes, that was put into women's clothing to make them look more broad-shouldered like men. I never knew that. Did you? And, you know, she she was hysterical when she was explaining that, but it was just like, really? You know, padded shoulders are going to intimidate men? I mean, what what were they thinking? But even in the dress and the way, you know, they were, things were being pushed, um, you know, it's almost like we were just flowing, you know, going with the flow and not really stopping to think, you know, what do I think about this and where am I going to be comfortable? Because I remember as a young mom going to get my hair cut, this girl uh, that was cutting my hair, said, oh, you know, what do you do? And I said, well, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom. And she goes, what? And I looked at her, <laughs> like, yeah, you know. And it was um, it was like maybe 4.35. I mean, so I don't even know why she thought I would be, you know, working and be there at that time. Um, and my husband would get home from work early. He got home at 3.30, and he went to work really early in the morning, so he must have was watching the baby and I ran to get my hair cut. And here I am thinking, you know, I'm going to have this nice little, you know, 
haircut at the salon and enjoy myself for two minutes, right, without having to hold a baby and, and do all this other stuff. And by the time I left there, she made me feel guilty that I was using my husband's money because I was not working. And I was, like, I almost didn't know what to say to her. And she goes, well, don't you feel guilty? And I said, uh, no, not really. But then when I started thinking about it, yeah, I did start feeling, you know, because she put this thought in my head. And, of course, you know, later I had a 100 different things I was going to say, like, yes, I feel so guilty that you're not going to get a tip. Or, you know, like I said, a 100 other things came to my mind. But I was, I was angry that, you know, it, I was considered subpar because I was staying home and, and taking care of my baby. And, you know, as we talk about all these things, you know, there's still two genders, and they're male and they're female. And what I want to focus on now is how our womanhood is being affected. It's now 17 years after the turn of the millennium when all the revolutions have taken place and gone away, and what is the fallout of that? My friends, the fallout is gender confusion, and that is why it's important that I talk to you about what it means to be a woman, a real woman. And I want you to be able to pass this on to your children in a way that's authentic and talk to them about it. Because, you know, there's certain things that happen. And the first I want to talk about is a situation that happened at an airport that really shook me to my core when I realized that many of the vast identities out there are not only misaligned with my worldview, but tainting the very air I breathe. The second is if our children, both male and female, and our grandchildren and generations to come do not understand the value of both being a male or female, then the confusion we have now is going to be more and more mainstream. And the third, the question I have, is it, is it too late? Is it too late to talk about authentic womanhood, or has our culture shut us out and we must remain a minority? I don't believe it's too late, but I do believe we need to talk about this and our children um, need to understand that this added element of what I'm talking about is who we are in Christ, and especially for those of us as Christians. So a few weeks ago, I happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time or the right place at the right time if I know my God, and I believe I do. I inadvertently sat with a group of women um, that were coming back from the Washington, D.C. march, and they were waiting to board the same plane that I was. And I know it was a God incident because not only did I inadvertently sit with them, but our plane was delayed by two hours, and that is God. So I was there for a purpose, and my purpose was to tell these dear ladies, four ladies and one husband who had joined this protest march, that not only did I not march with them, but I voted for the other guy. Well, it's a miracle I'm still here because if looks could kill, I wouldn't be. And one of these four ladies, um, you know, out of the four ladies, two wouldn't even look at me. Uh, there was total disdain in their eyes. I was the enemy. And the other two thought it was their life mission to educate me. The husband, well, let's just say at one point I had to disarm him with some questions he couldn't answer. And because of this event and watching all the young ladies in the airport armed with their banners of martyrdom, yeah, I'm joking here, their red hats and posters from this event, you know, it was like this big sisterhood, this big sorority party where, you know, everybody was being really nice to each other. And yet when it came to me, one of the 
lady said, well, it's a good thing, you know, that the Trump supporters weren't out there because there'd be this huge fist fight. And I just kind of looked at her and I said, does it look like I'd be punching anybody out? Because we're a variety of people that have supported this man. And, you know, bottom line, um, you can read more about it on my blog and there's a link um, on the show notes. But the whole thing was, it was like I was less in their eyes because I didn't agree with them. And, and again, you know, all of these girls, all of these young girls were going, uh, went to this thing and were all excited and they were taking that back home. What about our girls, ladies? Where are they? Why didn't we learn um, or do this, you know, eight years ago or four years ago when we fundamentally disagreed with the person elected as president? We didn't. We were nice. We went home. We didn't complain. And after listening to the sound bites right out of the radical uh, leftist news from these ladies, I was able to get to get them to um, admit several things. And I don't suggest you do this. Um, God has given me a grace to be calm. I mean, I had these ladies, some of them were yelling at me, and I just kind of looked at them calmly. I said some things like, you have got to be kidding me. And, oh, that's original. I think I heard it on CNN. <laughs> And and I kind of laughed a little bit here and there. Of course, that didn't go over too well. But it was just like, I guess I was so, it was incredulous to me. But anyway, uh, God gave me, you know, the gift of being able to be calm and not ugly about everything that they were saying to me. But what I witnessed was anger, hostility, and horrible negative comments and truthfully confusion of what it means to be a woman. Their ideal womanhood is one who imposes, um, opposes things with a group against what they perceive as unrighteousness for the common good. They're doing things, it's almost like the crowd mentality. It wasn't an individual thought among them. Um, you know, when I got asked the questions that I was getting asked, it was like, I, I, I swear I could have written a script. If if it was, you know, it, it was, I mean, I could answer everything, but it, it, it was it was a difficult time. So what was it? Was it marching in unity? But for what? For what women's rights? What rights do we not have now? And friends, a true woman is not and cannot be angry or hostile. A true woman is not nasty when things don't go your way. A true woman relies on grace and uses that to her advantage. I did not argue point by point with them. It would not change their mind. However, I explained that I could get them to agree on three points, which I did. And um, I said, okay, everybody stop. I said, if I can get you to agree on these points, is the discussion over? So of course they said, you know, we probably couldn't agree on anything. So the first I asked was, am I a woman? The second was, was I entitled to my opinion? And the third was, if I was entitled to my opinion, um, was it okay to have an opinion if it did not align with theirs? So finally, you know, they grumbled about the last one, but they had to agree. Real womanhood knows no bounds. It's not shut out by those who want us to think and believe differently, but we must be assured of our womanhood to be able to stand up for what we believe. And what tends to happen, friends, is, you know, my first inclination, I'm not going to lie, I wanted to get up and move. I didn't want to deal with this. I didn't, 
I'm not the type of person that likes adversity or likes to argue with people. A younger me definitely loved it. This older me does not. It's just, it's too much work, right? All I wanted to do was, you know, have a, a couple hours of, of downtime before I boarded a plane. Um, in the show notes, again, I have that link to my blog post where um, I discuss it further. But that leads me to the next point, and that's our legacy. Do you know enough about who you are as a woman to pass it down to our children? All my life um, in high school and in college, I've known, you know, I've had friends who are gays um, or lesbians, and some of them have been my personal friends. You know, like in college, I didn't know that certain people had tendencies that they did, and then I found out, you know, at a reunion. And, you know, some of it, you know, some people shared some things with me and, and whatever, you know, like more than I wanted to know. But what has shocked me is not so much that, but as an adult, I have three business associates who were married with children and now have decided to come out and share with the world that they are lesbians. Friends, how does that happen? And this is all within the last two years. How does someone go from being a mother and a wife to changing the entire course in their life, their sexual orientation? And that is a question I can't begin to understand, although I have personal experience listening to one of these ladies explain her position. And it was, you know, not something I wanted to hear. But who are you? What is true womanhood? Obviously, this question must be answered. These ladies spent years as wives and mothers, and it's incredible how this all changed. You know, there's a darkness in the world and there's confusion, and now we hear about gender confusion all the time. I mean, in the past, I had no idea. I'd never heard the word transgender before, up until about five years ago. And it has been categorized as a mental disorder. And I know this um from several psychologists that I know that have discussed this. Yet the mainstream media would have you think it's all perfectly normal. How did this world go so quickly down the tubes? I mean, even in the 60s and 70s when there was all this sexual promiscuity, people were still getting married. People still believed that they were men and women. And now it's you know, it's it's just all over the place. It's like right is wrong and wrong is right. And the enemy doesn't want us to be authentically women. The enemy wants to confuse and break up marriages and break up families. I am holding a worn napkin from a friend that says, be the kind of woman that when our feet hit the floor each morning, the devil says, oh, crap, she's up. Ladies, we can be that woman, but we can't be that woman on our own. And we can only be that woman in Christ. Womanhood is not defined by a period of time in which we live. It's not defined by your education, the car you drive, the jewelry you own, where you live. True womanhood is not defined by the man you married or what he does for a living. True womanhood is not defined by the job you hold or if you are a stay-at-home mom or ladies, even by the number of children you have. You know, there was a lady who moved into our area some years ago, and the first thing she would tell you when she introduced herself was the number of children she had. And so because she was a little bit haughty and, you know, and she gave off this air like I'm a martyr, you know, I'm this upstanding, you know, Catholic, and I want everyone to know that I have six kids. Well, she came across the wrong way, and like I said, in my younger days, I was a little bit more confrontational. And, you know, and then she asked me, well, how many kids do you have? So I'm like, well, I only have three kids. You know, here we are with the only, right? 
But I quickly pointed out my best friend who had nine at the time, and she ended up having 11. In fact, this lady soon learned that being in a Catholic homeschool group, that six children was really just average in our group. You know, and it's like you're not – it's not what you do, ladies. It's not, you know, our womanhood is a gift from God. Being open to life is being authentically, you know, a woman. But even a good thing can come off as a bad when we use it to elevate ourselves. You know, I'm going to go through this whole list of what true womanhood is, and uh, I'm going to elaborate a little bit more, but this list is also on the show notes on mommyjammiesnight.com. Just look for the post for true womanhood. Um, But as I go through this list, there's always an exception to the rule. You know, there have been stay-at-home moms who hated being at home or hated being moms, and while that's sad, um, it's true. And maybe their children have suffered for it. Maybe you are one of those kids whose mother would rather have been at work than taking care of you. And for that, I am sorry, and I, I grieve for that because that is not the norm. That is not how God ordained it. Um, to be clear, I'm saying that our womanhood is not defined by what we do, but who we are. And there's a distinction there. Can you be a woman who works out, you know, true womanhood, be authentically woman and work outside of the house? Yeah. You know, but it's not an excuse to not be a fully, you know, a, a, a beautiful woman. I heard um, on a, a CD done by the same girl that I heard speak this past weekend, she was asked the question by a young girl who said, you know, I really want to be a doctor, um, you know, or, or some kind of professional career. And yet I love what you're saying about being an authentic, authentic woman. Can I be a doctor and still be, a, you know, be part of this beauty of womanhood? You know, I want to get married. I want to have kids. Do I have to choose? And this girl's answer was was perfect. And basically she said, you know, there's life before you get married. And if God's calling you to be a doctor, then be a doctor. You know, we need woman doctors, you know, that really understand us and get us. And, you know, that's fine. Um, but she said, you know, just pray and seek the Lord. And I wanted to add to that because of my experience. And one is my beautiful niece, who is a doctor in the military and had three children. She does not use birth control. She's another good little Catholic. And she shares with everyone, you know, she does use, um, you know, abstinence during certain times of her cycle. And I've actually interviewed her. And at some point I will put that interview up um, on Vintage Homeschool Moms. But um, she has never used birth control. She went through, you know, college and residency um, as a married woman. And um, God just perfectly spaced her children. They came at the perfect time. God provided the the perfect people to help her care for her children when she, you know, has finished out her military career. And uh, she just had her third child, and she'll be done with her career um, in September. And she's an example of true womanhood. She has embraced who she is as a woman. She has loved her babies. And God has provided her mom and her mother-in-law at one point, who's a registered nurse, you know, to watch these little ones as she went to work. And, you know, if you are serving God in the capacity that he wants you to serve him, um, and you are, you know, within God's will, because that's the best we can do is to surrender to the Lord, 
and all that he wills for our life, God will make it more perfect. <laughs> more perfect is a good word. But just beautiful. And, I mean, I've got story after story like that. Um, a friend of mine was a doctor, and um, she was one of a 10 or 12 kids, I don't remember, and she felt guilty. I remember sitting with her at, at the little preschool that our kids went to. I always laugh because my kids went to preschool, and then I homeschooled them. But, um, you know, she was feeling guilty, and all these people were pressuring her to go back to school because she got the scholarship and, you know, um, her family couldn't afford to send her, and, you know, this was an amazing opportunity for her. And I just said to her, I go, you have plenty of time to be a doctor. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, your kids go back, to, you know, go to school, because at that point we weren't planning on homeschooling. I wasn't anyway, and she didn't. And she did. She stayed home with her kids, and she'd always hug me and tell, and thank me for being supportive of her. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, why, why do people have to – to do an either or you can be authentically a woman you can have a career and take some time off to be with your kids if you have children you know and again i don't want to use you know the excuse of you know this is this is what you're doing but i because in these examples i'm going to give you nothing is is really what you can do um, I made a statement earlier that authentic womanhood is a gift from Almighty God, something that no one can take away from you because you have been entrusted with a very special gift. And now I want to share that gift. Number one, true womanhood is closely connected to love. It gives life. It is balance. The love we receive because of our femininity is also connected to the love we return to others our spouse, our children, our extended children, our family, those in our community, and to be a woman is to love. The second, true womanhood remembers the gift of our feminine genius. This is a charism that the Holy Spirit gives to women. All of our victories, our faith, our hope, our charity is thanks to this gift. Number three, true womanhood understands we have our dignity. Due to the very fact that we are women, genetically our DNA is female, no matter what that person does or how they act, they cannot change that simple fact. We are given the dignity and the right as a human person, a woman by Almighty God. Number four, true womanhood isn't an either or. It isn't a revolution. It is a gift given to us for good by our very nature. The fabric of our womanhood was knit in our mother's womb. It was formed when two people loved enough to form a child, and it is that outgrowth of love that formed us. True womanhood is found in motherhood. God has given us, and only us, the gift of motherhood, the ability to shelter a child in the womb, which is unique and a joyful experience that is not given to any other but us. We are the ones that give birth. If you're an adopted mother, God bless you for taking that child into your home. And just as, you know, we took a child into our womb, you have taken a child into your home. As a woman, we have the gift of being able to guide our children in life. We are there for the first in our children's life. In addition, real womanhood cooperates with men because, ladies, without a man, there is no baby. Genesis 128 says, Fill the earth and subdue it. But that 
was given to both men and women. Number five, we are the only ones who are called daughter, mother, wife, no other. We are gifted with intuition, sensitivity, generosity, and self-giving. We are gifted with loyalty. Women are fiercely loyal. Number six, authentic womanhood is knowing who you are despite being marginalized by society or the circumstances in your life, whether it's an abusive home or abusive marriage. Authentic womanhood is seeking help and leaving an abusive situation. And if you're ever in that situation, do seek help. Number seven, authentic womanhood gains its strength from an infilling of the Holy Spirit, from an acknowledgement that it is no accident that you were born a woman. It's no accident that God knew you before you were born and held you in the palm of his hand and will love you with a love that surpasses all understanding. Number eight, true womanhood is the courage to take this gift we've been given and pass it on as a legacy to our children to share this with our friends, to explain the value of being a woman in the true sense of the word. Number nine, true womanhood is the gift of being an equal partner, not better or worse than our male counterpart. To understand that womanhood complements manhood and allows our husband to be real men, to be our protectors, to open the door or to provide us. For us, it's not a detrimental thing. Genesis 2.20, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And this help is not one-sided but mutual. Womanhood expresses the human as much as manhood does, but in a different way. And number 10, true womanhood remembers the greatest example in history, and that is the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that is Mary. She exemplifies all that is good and holy in motherhood. Mary's yes. Let it be done to me according to thy word. Gave us the perfect example. If we want a happy life, if we want to be fully woman, we must surrender to the Lord and understand his holy will for our life. And dear ladies, I want to leave you with that. Um, I love you guys. And, uh, you know, you can reach out and contact me um, on my social media sites. I'm on Facebook and all over the place. But I just want to leave you with this prayer and... um, I just want to pray for all of you now. Dear Lord, I thank you for the gift of womanhood, and I thank you for the blessing that you have given us as women just by its very nature. And I thank you, Lord, for all the gifts that you've given us. I thank you for um, everything that you have blessed us with. I know we fall short, but, but, but by the glory of God, and none of us have attained this perfection that I just spoke about. But we all strive to attain that, Lord, and that is with your help. Help us to be within your perfect will, my God, and bless our families today and always. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Felice. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to see if we have any questions real quick. Okay, great. Okay, give everybody just a second. I was typing up your your one through ten there, so I, there was a lot. Of... Oh, okay. It's available. <laughs> you don't have to do that. Yeah, it's, it's my it's, way of sealing oh, okay. it in my memory. Okay. Okay. It is. Um, I did put that into the the notes that will be available. 
So it's on the on the mommyjamiesnight.com uh, website. Okay. okay, great. Um, one of the points you brought up about oops, do we have a question? Oh, they, uh, someone says thank you. Anonymous says thank you so much for sharing your information. Yes, is a blessing. Oh, okay, you're welcome. One of, the, one, um, one of the points you brought up about feminine genius. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share maybe an example of how women use their feminine genius, in, maybe in a practical way or just any kind of an example, what that looks like? I think sometimes when I hear that terminology, um, I don't quite understand what that means. What, do you, what does that mean when you're talking about feminine genius? Okay, so when I first heard that, and this is from uh, John Paul II, and, you know, as, as many of you know that I am Catholic, and so um, John Paul wrote a lot about, you know, just, just different aspects of family. And when he spoke about that, I thought he was really talking about a biological, like, you know, genus phylum, you know. And then I realized, no, it's G-E-N-I-U-S, genius. You know, he was showing the world, and it was basically, um, it was one of those UN conferences. And because the mm-hmm. Vatican happens to be, um, a country, it gets invited, and it's like usually one of the only two countries that go that are, you know, are allowed to even say anything Christian because a lot of them it's all wishy-washy at the UN. But he mm-hmm. came up with this document. I actually have a copy of it um, in the show notes as well because okay. I was fascinated. A lot of the points I pulled out came from that. But basically, it's, you know, it's it's things that we end up doing naturally, like the nurturing. Yes, not all mothers are nurturers. You know, there's an exception. Mm-hmm. I said there's always an exception every rule. But the other thing, in the negative sense, and and this is one of the things that was brought up in the talk this week, is that sometimes it gets us in trouble because women are so capable that we can become, you know, little misknow-it-alls. So the example that was given was like when a baby is born. I know it never happens, right? And, right. <laughs> you know, you, you hand the baby to your husband. And so, like, he's holding the baby and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, you're going to drop the poor thing, you know, and here, do this mm-hmm. and put your hand underneath the butt. And, okay, hold the baby to you. No, no, not like that, like this. And, oh, here, honey, let me help you. And, you know, oh, here, honey, let me do it. I mean, no wonder my poor husband didn't change a diaper for the first three until he's he owns a construction company and he was on the job site and he was bragging to the guys that he had not, you know, we had our fourth child and he had never changed a diaper and the guys guilted him into, I cannot believe you let that baby sit with a poopy diaper (laughs) till your wife got home, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it was like, well, because I was afraid I was going to do it wrong because we that are so capable, you know, have to tell Mm -hmm. our husbands how to do everything and it's like, you know, we get this by osmosis, and I think that's, you know, that's just a practical explanation of what that is. But okay. it was really, you know, like the points I, I pointed out, but he really says, you know, because women are, you know, let's let's face it, throughout, you know, the centuries we've been maligned, even in, mm-hmm. in our Christian, you know, homeschool culture, you know, there's there's, a, you know, a segment that is like, you know, we only can wear head coverings and dresses. Not that head coverings and dresses are bad, if that's what you choose to do. And after hearing the thing about shoulder pads, I tell you what, I wanted to throw away all of my pants because I was like, I've been manipulated, you know. Um, 
but but the point is that we as women um you know have to realize our strengths and weaknesses and we all work to, and strive to do better but without god it's nothing and that's why I couldn't even begin to give this talk if it was a secular audience. I wouldn't know where to start because God permeates who we are as women. And that's what mm-hmm. I want you to, you know, pray about. It's like what is God calling you to do, you know, as a woman? And for many of us and, you know, 100% of us listening that are homeschoolers, our priority is is our, our families, you know, God first and our spouse and then our children. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What if you have your if you're complete in Christ, and that's where you get your identity. All the other things are icing on the cake, and right. I don't know that you're 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 wandering around trying to find yourself when you're 50 <laughs> or 60, because right. you have that you have that confidence that you belong to Him. So, okay. Well, I want to thank you, well, Felice, for for joining us tonight. And the talk was a blessing. Oh, I appreciate it. You know, I was afraid it was going to be a little bit too heavy because I I always say, you know, Mommy Jammy's Night needs to be all about encouraging. And it started out heavy, and I had deleted it twice, and then I thought, well, I guess this is all I can think of to start, so I'm going to share it with you. So um, hopefully we ended it on a very encouraging and and happy note. And um, I want to thank you too, Gina, for – all that you do behind the scenes uh, for Media Angels and the Ultimate um, Homeschool Radio Network. Gina is a lot of the engine that helps run the whole network. So you guys may not know that. You do now. And um, she's out there in our social media voice and does an awesome job. So I want to thank you for that. And I want to thank everyone for um, populating the chat box tonight it was active which was great so i know everyone was really engaged with the talk so that's encouraging and um you can find the show notes on the mommy jammies night page also again if you're listening to this in replay um on itunes we'll go ahead and give that feedback and with that we'll go ahead and close tonight's show thank you felice thank you so much bye-bye bye-bye i'm so happy you joined our session of mommy jammies night Please drop our guest a line and let them know how thankful you are that they gave their time. And follow up with Gina Glenn on Mommy Jammies Night Facebook page and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network Facebook page. Or via email at Gina at MediaAngels.com. God's blessing upon you and your family.